0: Thank you for coming to our weekly three-minute therapy podcast, and we discuss all kinds of things related to REBT, Rational Emotive Behavior Therapy, with me, Michael Edelstein. I'm a clinical psychologist and author of Three-Minute Therapy, and Mick Berry, Who's an REBT expert and co-author with me of a book on overcoming performance anxiety called Stage Fright. Rational emotive behavior therapy was developed by Albert Ellis in the mid 1950s, which uh, created a revolution in the psychotherapy movement from the old-time Freudian approach of looking at your childhood to find out why you have problems as an adult to the current more used approach, rationally emotive behavior therapy or cognitive behavior therapy, which looks at your current thinking to find out why you have emotional and behavioral problems. And the thinking that we look at is your must thinking, your demands. I must do well and get approval or else I'm no good, leads to anxiety, depression, and guilt. You must treat me well, or else your no good, leads to hostility, anger, and resentment. And my life must be fair, easy, and hassle-free leads to addictions, procrastination, and depression. So we apply this approach to all kinds of topics. And today we're going to be discussing Personal boundaries: what they are, how to establish them, and the problems doing that. Mick, did you want to say any more in introduction? Nope, that's good. Okay, great. So, uh, with a, a, a what a personal boundary means is you construct limits on how you wish to conduct your life, on how you wish to use your time, your space, and your behavior. And to establish boundaries, you start with goals that are important to you. And um, so for example, let's take a few cases to be more specific, so you know what we're referring to, not just abstractly. So suppose you have a goal to be efficient, with your use of time and you have a busy day and a friend wants to have lunch with you and you really don't uh, have the time, but you don't stick to your boundaries, you're unassertive and you agree to the lunch. So why is that? Now, as we know, our emotions come from our thinking about situations, not situations, so it's not your friend wanting to have lunch with you that forces you to be unassertive and limit and uh, violate your boundaries, but it's what you tell yourself about that. For example, I must not reject him. I must not seem un uncaring. So those are some musts that lead to being unassertive and not respecting your own boundaries. We can put that into an ABCDEF format where A is activating event, a situation, my friend wants to have lunch with me. B, I must not reject him. And it's B that causes C. C is your undesirable, unassertive behavior of agreeing to the lunch. So we have A, B, and C. Mick, did you want to add anything to A, B, and C?
1: No, uh, you're covering it.
0: Okay. And then I want to go on. So A, B, and C, we pretty much diagnosed the problem, your unassertiveness and where it came from. And we didn't uh, didn't require us to l- have you lie on a couch and free associate about your childhood and your dreams, but just look at your thinking in the present. And then to do something with that diagnosis, to go on to the treatment, which you do yourself, you become your own therapist. So you go to D, D is disputing or questioning your irrational belief, looking for the evidence, the logic, the data to support it. And you could do that by asking a good question, what is the evidence I must not reject my friend's offer for lunch? and then we go on to e effective new thinking to answer the question and some reasonable thoughts some reasonable some reasons why the must is irrational could be although i prefer not to reject him there's no law of the universe i must not although it would be uncomfortable for me to not Please him and his wish to have lunch. I've survived this comfort before and I'll survive it in the future. Uh, I, it, it's my irrational belief, my irrational must about rejecting him, that causes my unassertiveness, not the not my uh, not his desire to have lunch with me, that's the problem. So with practice, with disputing and questioning my musts and my shoulds, and again and again and again and again, and then even more than that on a regular basis, then you can change your thinking and think more in terms of preferences rather than demands, and and eventually develop a new way of looking at yourself, others in the world, without condemning or demanding but just with preferences. So that's an example of being efficient uh, with your your some of your boundaries. Uh, did you wanna give any examples, Mick? Otherwise I have another one. Well,
1: no, I, I was interested in the title of this because I've always thought the word boundaries falls under the category of psychobabble it seems to be a very popular term, and I'm not really sure what in the heck it's meant. However, the way you describe it, it seems to me, the way you're describing it, boundaries are simply priorities that you have and that you would like to be able to accomplish and attend to without having anybody else infringe on your priorities.
0: Yeah, yeah, I like that synonym for boundaries, priorities. Uh, and when I said establish your goals, another way to put that, as you might put it, Mick, is establish your priority.
1: Yeah, yeah, or establish your goals. So your boundaries are simply the things that you want in your life. And uh, if you have somebody else wanting something that conflicts with the things that you want, then it's infringing on your boundaries. Uh, but the thing is about the word boundaries it has connotations of impenetrable or uh walls that are putting up or division whereas I think the idea of your priorities or somebody else's priorities are taking into account the emotions behind their ideas or what it is that they want in their life so I think it's a more humane way or a more human way or understanding way to think of it
0: oh yeah yeah i agree that that's another good way to think of it by the way i neglected to mention at the beginning the reason this topic came up is because i had a client yesterday in fact who used that term and she requested that we do a podcast on boundaries but priorities is good very good Another uh, case that I've come across with clients from time to time has to do with work boundaries or work priorities. And uh, for example, someone is planning to leave work at 5, as they usually do, and they have some events planned right after they leave work. And then their manager instructs them at the last minute that it's necessary for them to finish what the project they're on, and not to leave work until they do. So, if the person, if the uh, worker or employee is unassertive, they might accede to the manager's request, and that might come from the idea: I must avoid, I absolutely must avoid being thought poorly of by manage- by my manager. It would be the end of the world, horrible, and I couldn't stand being thought poorly of by my manager. But again, if this is a problem that you've run into, it would be good to identify the must, as I just stated, question, challenge, and contradict your must, and show yourself that this, you have a preference to be avoid, to avoid being thought poorly of by your manager. But there's no must, there's no have to. And in order to decide whether you're going to accede to your manager's request or not, it means weighing the advantages versus the disadvantages for you, and then working to try to uh, reinforce those. So that's another way to stick to your priorities. Yame. Yeah,
1: I just wanted to say, the thing to keep in mind about priorities or things we want, the higher the priority, the more we want something, the easier it is to turn it into a demand. The uh, human beings almost naturally turn their desires into demands, especially the strong desires get turned into demands, and that's when trouble ensues uh for an example I've talked about with police officers and when there are domestic disputes these are particularly volatile situations because people's emotions are so heightened and intensified
0: yeah yeah very good okay so uh that's pretty much all I wanted to say about boundaries priorities and goals Anything else you'd like to add, Mick?
1: Uh Yeah, goals and priorities and desires are the things that make life really fun. And it's, in fact, the bigger the desire, the more fun life can be. And so it's very useful to remember that even those strong goals, strong desires, can turn into demands, they do not do not have to. And I often see people toning down their demands, getting rid of their desires, thinking this is the way to happiness. And I say that they're wrong. The way to happiness is to keep your desires and be careful not to turn them into demands.
0: Yes, that's one thing about desires and and that it can make life fun. But the thing, one thing to accept about desires is that they can make life unfun also when you don't achieve your desires. So it means learning to accept uh, being an imperfect human and not always getting the ideal results you would like to get. Yes, Vic.
1: Also living in in, an imperfect world, sometimes we can accomplish things about as perfectly as could be expected but the world doesn't allow us to succeed
0: yeah yeah as uh, some of the stoics has said has said there's the dichotomy of control those things you do control and those things you don't control and you're pointing out that there are things you don't control and, as- and also there this in this dichotomy of control what's left out is influence you may not control something but sometimes you can influence it
1: yes Mick yeah well I was just going to give us an example one of the most famous of course is Van Gogh who was a genius at painting but did not succeed during his lifetime and that's but he ultimately did however I would venture that there are several painters that I've never heard of and most people have never heard of that connoisseurs of art would say, you got to see this guy, he's even better, and nobody knows about him.
0: Yeah. And your point there is what?
1: That the world is imperfect. It's not always us being imperfect that keeps us from achieving our desires, but it's an imperfect world that keeps us from having our desires, well, get from being compensated for our goals even when we achieve them sometimes we're not compensated monetarily so the world is not perfect the monetary compensation which is the way that the world rewards success that is an imperfect setup yes
0: and part of uh being imperfect is that without our tech engineer chris rossini uh this wouldn't have happened so uh because Mick and I are imperfect, and we're not that great at technical.
1: Highly imperfect.
0: (laughs) Right, highly imperfect. So uh, thanks, Chris. Thanks, Mick. And thank you for viewing another of our many weekly podcasts. Subscribe to the 3-Minute Therapy podcast to stay on the rational side of life.